Hello, I'm Andy Lynch and welcome back to Check-In, the Vandalander Airports podcast. Thanks again for joining me as we continue to assess the latest goings-on in the global aviation industry. As we reflected in previous episodes, the whole sector is being challenged by an unforeseeable future in which passenger volumes cannot be predicted. However, airports and airlines also need to be able to scale up their activities at unknown speeds, but with reduced resources. At the same time, they must focus on giving passengers a safe and pleasant travel experience while working to increase people's trust in flying once more. Knowing this, could IT solutions and digitization hold the answer? In this episode of Check-In, we'll turn our attention away from hardware and focus instead on software, as well as discuss the role of data in improving operations at an airport. As we all know, aspects such as the Internet of Things and Big Data have remained hot topics in a wide range of sectors, and it's no different at airports. Joining me for what promises to be an interesting conversation will be Vanderlander's Richard Smith, who is the company's Vice President of Engineering and IT. In his role, Richard is responsible for building and directing several engineering, integration, IT technology teams to develop and deliver innovative products to the market. And I'm happy to say that Richard joins me on the line now. A warm welcome to Check-In, Richard. It's uh, really good to have you on this episode with us. Yeah, thank you. Glad to be here. And whereabouts are you joining us from today, Richard? How is your own situation? Yeah, I'm, I'm joining from uh, Atlanta, Georgia, in the United States. Uh, and yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good today. Uh, as I said, I'm joining from my home, my home office at the moment uh, and just uh, adjusting to uh, the, the sort of abnormal way of working at the moment. But uh, it's uh, it's all going well for me. So thank you. Excellent. Um, so we're going to deal with uh, software today. This is, a, I think, a very interesting uh, turn of pace for, for check-in because uh, in previous episodes, we've had overviews of airports, the situation. We've dealt a lot with hardware, but I, so I think it's a, it's a good time to be really focusing on, on software. So if you can, Richard, take me to the, the sort of start of the story, as it were. I know software solutions have been around airports for a long time. So can you give us a little bit of the, the background? How have software, how has it evolved over time at airports yeah no it's uh i think when you when you look at any technology uh you know you start looking back at when did it all when did it actually start and how long has it been around and even software in the airport slash reservation systems has been around actually since you know it's surprisingly but the 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 late 40s 1940s Uh, so over 70 years ago there was the first attempt at automating reservation systems uh you know uh, and i don't think it was uh, at the time very successful but they did manage to uh, do some automation and it was i think it's the start of uh, what we sort of have today I mean, that that then evolved over time as into the 60s where you had the likes of very you know monolithic uh, reservation systems that came online with saber and ibm and uh, various airlines and uh, i think in in parallel then we started started to see the you know, the industrial automation uh, become uh, more intelligent, shall I say, and where it was just electromechanical devices. Now you started getting software introduced into those systems as well. So over time, it has sort of become, I think, you know, definitely more widespread the use of software in the airports and airline business. And then in even in the hardware as we as we have in our baggage systems, for example, they've become more software dependent uh, as you add more power and flexibility to them. And as you sort of go even forward to today, we start seeing software being applied for, you know, if you look at uh, machine learning and uh, AI being used to try and optimize things in in, uh, in airports. I mean, that's the level we're getting to now. 
And even a sort of strange, well, it seems strange to me, but uh, you have even social media as a software service that uh, are used by airport operations as well uh, today and where uh, I think some of the more forward-looking uh, airports are saying, okay, what's going on in social media? Are we seeing uh, you know, positive, negative feedback? Are there things we can improve in our airport? And that's a, that's a service that uh, the general public is actually providing for, for nothing to the airport, but it's a software system in my mind that you know, helps improve that uh, operation. So I think it's gone from something that is purely inside your own you know, control in an airport to that plus other things outside that you can actually take um, benefit with. So I think, I mean, it's been an amazing journey so far. It is. And uh, I think even I'm surprised to hear you say that uh, the, the software uh, goes back to the, the 40s. I can imagine that uh, it's way different to, uh, as you just described there, the world of social media, which is just, you know, this incredible way to connect people and uh, and so useful for airports. As you say, it's a free service. And I can imagine that some of the feedback is uh, can be a little bit stringent at, t- <laughs> at, at times, but uh, yeah, useful uh, nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like any, if you look at any review on, say, Amazon for a product, right? Yeah. Uh, you gotta you gotta use your own judgment as well to try and you know filter out uh, the 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 constructive feedback as opposed to the uh, the, the other type of feedback. So, but it's uh, <laughs> yeah, well said. Yeah, so that brings us quite nicely to to the present and and what we're going to be looking at in today's episode. Um, so, what does the current IT arena look like at an airport? I imagine there's quite a few different parties uh, involved in that process. I guess. Um, yeah, I mean they're, they're, they're Definitely are, and I think they've they've become uh, definitely more powerful. But of course, with that, you get some complexity. And uh, I think everyone who's if you if you look, if you think of an airport as a, as the physical building, I mean, who's in there? Who's around it? There's there's parking systems. There are, are concessions. There are shops in there. There are people looking. You know, operations. There are ramps. There are, there are airlines coming to it. There's there's a lot of different. Uh, uh, I say. Uh, Groups that are that are around that airport system, and you know the IT the IT part of it has, has sort of had to grow with that as well. So I think there's there's one part where everyone needs their own piece to do their what they want to do best themselves. Uh, but then there's uh, there's a there are other people in the in the airports that need a, a bigger view, a higher view, and then you know aggregating that stuff together is a, is a challenge, right? And I think it's one of the the good opportunities as well. But even if you look at, say, IT software, I mean, some of the things I've seen recently as well are, I mean, uh, even toilets, right? So keeping, yeah, it's, you press that button, uh, I had a, you know, the toilet was clean, that gets logged, it gets put into a system, they decide do they need to go more often to the, to take care of things to make sure that the passengers having a good experience. There are, you know, are our parking garages full? I mean, uh, there's, that information is coming into an IT system. Uh, the, all the passenger displays, you know, your luggage is going to be available on Carousel X in 10 minutes. All of that information uh, is part of that IT uh, solution now in an airport. So it becomes, uh, it's definitely grown uh, and the power is there. And, and not everyone is using, I think, the power that and the information they have uh, fully yet. Uh, but I think that's where there's a lot of opportunity as well. It's incredible, and uh, uh, I think the the toilet example is fantastic, Richard. I, I didn't uh, expect the episode to be going down that route, but I think <laughs> I think, I think all that's really uh, great in showing is that um, there is that that world at an airport. I mean, 
obviously we think about improving an airport and the planes and the baggage and things like this, but um, there are so many touch points at an airport um, whereby people are continuously looking at the passenger experience and how to improve it. But I guess the question here is, a lot of those things are in isolation, aren't they? You know, um, if I dare go back to the toilet example or the, the, <laughs> the parking thing, um, some of them are okay in isolation, but I guess um, connectivity is, is quite important. I mean, I guess there are lots of opportunities to to join the dots, I guess. I mean, so it's very, very well that it works on its own, but, you know, connecting to other touch points surely would strengthen that overall um, provision to passengers. Um, yeah, no, it definitely does. I mean, that's one of the one of the big areas we're focusing on uh, right now with uh, connectivity, and we, we've got some working names for for what we're doing. But uh, it is really around, uh, as you say, the touch points. There are the passenger journey. I mean, you can look at it from uh, a lot of airports will look at it from that passenger journey because then you know, they're providing a, effectively a service to the passenger, and they want to make sure that each of those points is working effectively and efficiently. Uh, and they do depend on each other. So if you take, uh, say, passenger boarding bridges, you know, so they need to be operational when the plane lands and they need to be able to move. And you know, so you can monitor the passenger boarding bridges. Uh, if, you're, if you're connecting, if you know about uh, a plane pulling up to a bridge, if there's an issue or a delay, you can also then, uh, you have the opportunity to take that information and share it with, say, uh, the immigration and customs to say there's going to be, the surge of passengers that usually happens now may be delayed because of uh, other things that are happening across your airport. So there, there are definitely op- great opportunities for connecting, and and many of the you know the leading airports you know they, they effectively they need to do that or else they would effectively come to a grinding halt in some ways because uh, you think of passenger flow. You've you know if, for anyone who's travelled, uh, you know those queues that happen. You know that. If if and you're you're thinking in your head if 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 I if I'm in this queue and if they knew this was going to come could they have put up some more people on could they have uh, opened another lane uh, things like that I think that connectivity gives you those uh, opportunities to make that a much more uh, a better experience which is for a lot of airports there's this competition between you know various options that people have and they want you know that passenger experience to be the best it can be. One of our one of our airports uh, customers uh, mentioned it as apart from all the basic stuff they have to do, you know, from a security perspective and the, uh, all of those things, uh, it was making the passengers like it was all about ease, speed, and comfort. So they wanted to, you know, if they could do those things and have the passengers walk away from this experience of which can be hard, right? You a couple hours beforehand, you're gathering stuff, you're going to an airport, you want to be as it is to be as easy as possible. You want to get on a plane, you want to get you want to get to that destination or you want to get home. So having those uh, touch points uh be a great experience is uh really what what they're you can do through connecting things. Mm. And in the current landscape, are, are there any additional challenges that you that you can comment on in terms of you know, when different stakeholders can only see, you know, smaller pieces of the larger puzzle, um, does that throw up any additional challenges that that you're aware of? Yeah. So one of the things we had some conversations about this recently, and it was a different view than than I had thought of myself. But uh, so if you take a take a, a complex uh, airport system uh, where there are, you know, data, a lot of uh, in some cases there's you know a hundred different systems that are sending information between each other and you, we have the ability to 
monitor those and make sure that, for example, information is flowing correctly. Uh, there isn't a disconnect. So you can actually have a, a good view of uh, of what's going on in an airport from doing that. But the thing that, the thing that uh, uh, this person was mentioned to me was around is recovery. So when a system is complex, so if you so if you are uh, by yourself and you are uh, managing a ramp and some bags, uh, you have control of your environment. And if something happens, a bag falls on the ground, for example, you can pick it up, put it back uh, on, onto the system. You can recover. But as you get into a very large, complex system, recovery is uh, one of those challenges uh, when you have so many systems. So if you can design things and coordinate across the different groups and the different IT systems to target quick recovery and, and painless recovery, then that's one of those other things that you, you get out of this uh, that, you, that you should be targeting and IT systems can absolutely help. They are in one way the hinder to it as well, so therefore you have to design in uh, that recovery. But if you can, if you can recover gracefully, no one knows, right? The passenger doesn't feel any impact. The airlines don't feel any impact. Your your shop, all of those things can run more smoothly. And I mean, it, it becomes an, an absolute, uh, an art form in some ways. It's science, but it's an art form of saying, you're coordinating all this dance and when it stops, okay, how do I get it going again, right? And uh, so that, were, that is, uh, I think, one of the key challenges uh, as you build systems, design them, uh, thinking around them, okay, what else do they affect? And how can I get those uh, disruptions down to a minimum uh, and recover as quickly as possible? And then, then you will, uh, everyone, everyone gets, everyone's happy. Yeah, which is, which is what we all want at an airport. But I guess maybe a line to recovery is as another R word, which is uh, responsibility. I guess that's a, a difficult thing when you have one party responsible for, you know, a certain section or a zone at an airport and something that falls marginally you know outside of their area of responsibility um they're not really going to move quickly to um to progress if they if they think oh that's somebody else's responsibility so is that an additional problem you think whereby people are already kind of maybe invested in their their piece of the overall pie yeah no that's a very good uh, very good uh, point uh, and i think you know people are uh i see what i see uh, what i've experienced so far is you know everyone is really trying to do their job well and make sure that their area of responsibility is, is taken care of. So it's absolutely, you, you see that in, in the majority of cases. But I think that what you're ta- sort of talking about really is that that leadership on top. And so it's it's to say at some point there are, you know, there are systems that can help you with that coordination, but that really comes down to that leadership of saying, okay, I have a system-wide view. I have a system-wide responsibility and uh, as the operations chief, uh, I'm going to expect everyone to do their individual job. But then when we need to work together, you know, let's have the systems in place so you can easily do that. But then there is that, it really, that comes back down to a leadership thing of, and an organizational thing, right? You, you expect uh, team, you know, good people to be very good at their jobs and do them well and conscious, conscientiously. But then that teamwork is going to be what's, you know, what's going to save you when you, when things get sticky, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Richard. And and I suppose one thing we've not touched on yet is, uh, of course, uh, something you can't escape from in 2020, which is uh, COVID-19. So uh, can you talk us through some of the issues arising from or, or relating to COVID-19 when it comes to IT solutions at airports? 
yes, I know. I'm, I'm glad you asked about COVID uh, later than the start because it's uh, it seems to be the it seems to be the first conversation we're all having now these days, right? Uh, so, but yeah, there is uh, there's there's a, a number of different areas that uh, that we've seen uh, from our uh, customers and you now interactions we've had uh, in the last few months. Uh, this all sort of started uh, really in Marchish when things started locking down on the on the on the airlines. Uh, so there's there's two parts. So one of them is around how do you I mean, the 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 objective is to get people back in the air in a safe way and they feel safe and and are safe. So that's every airline is an airport is is looking for that and that's what they're trying to do. Whether that's you know, what they're doing inside our plane. So if you look at now, this is an airline uh, example, but I mean, I actually was on a plane uh, earlier this week, and they have they have uh, Delta Airlines has you know, uh, has uh, blanked out the middle seats, for example, so that they're tra- they're making a very good attempt to you know have some social distancing, and you know, there's a lot of different things have changed on the on the journey. Everyone's wearing masks in the airport, things like that are happening. So there's a there's a the safety is important. So one 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 of the other things you can do is on the bags. And bag sanitization is what uh, we're actually looking at at the moment with uh, with a number of our customers. So the check bags uh, and even on the passenger lanes, uh, what can we do to help? Uh, you know, see can we sanitize bags so that it just reduces another area where people uh, may uh, have issues with uh, COVID or other types of viruses. And then tracking of that to say, okay, I can ensure that every bag has you know been uh, sanitized if that's the way the industry goes. Uh, and being able to track that is a thing that, uh, from an IT perspective, you can do. Uh, another area is around the social distancing. So if you take the picture, you've you've landed in your holiday destination, you want to pick up your bag at the carousel and go and you know, hit that beach or uh, go see those sites, uh, there's a lot of crowding there. And one of the other uh, areas that we're looking with from a software perspective is, can we help with social distancing at uh, Reclaim? So a few ways to do it are, you know, add to the system the capability to sort to maybe multiple carousels. So you 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 spread people physically in the airport. Uh, that's one, uh, one example. Another one is around, okay, if you don't have that physical capability in your airport, can I, you know, tell passengers more precisely? You don't have to go to the carousel until 20 minutes because it's bag's not going to be there. It's going to be there at this time. We send you a note you can go off and stand away from each other. You don't have to be feel anxious about picking up your bag. So that's so software notification is another one that uh, that uh, looking at. And then there are things around uh, some of the other IT solutions that are happening. You see probably on the news, uh, you know, temperature readings that are happening as people walk through areas. There are crowd tracking uh, uh, applications, so you can look and see that our queuing is happening uh, or crowding is happening in certain areas. So again, IT solutions are helping with the, uh, in those those situations. So there's a lot of energy going into trying to find uh, ways to help that situation, make it safer and uh, make people confident to go back. Yeah. So yeah, no, a, lot, a lot going on there. And obviously it's a top of everyone's agenda to you know, on the airports and airlines business to, to, to get back into a, uh, regular uh, uh flight flight uh, activity so yeah and i think um uh, you know to summarize what you you just said there i, I think uh, that's the the type of approach that is applicable uh, at any size of airport and in any 
uh, country in the world. Um, like you say, if you have uh, hotspots, we know there's going to be a crowd gathered. It doesn't matter the size of the airport. You can use data very efficiently to to move people around and really limit uh, the chance of the virus spreading. And of course, tracking, which was a great point you just made there. Not only the the bag in isolation, but you know where has it come from? You know what are what is going to be the fallout if uh, the the owner of this bag, you know, tests positive? I guess so. It, it shows you that there is a lot we can already do uh, to keep people safe and restore that trust uh, in traveling once again uh, in the air. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think it's it's uh, it also was given. It's, it's an interesting time uh, that it gives you an opportunity to look at future. I mean, what what are future events going to happen, and if we can do things now uh, that will even help and anticipate uh, any future events that might happen. Not, maybe not as similar as this, but uh, those things. You know, so again, it's a good opportunity to look at and think a bit more long term as well as just uh, getting. Uh, uh, as just today, so I think there's a few different those great, some great conversations going on with uh, with our customers, uh, and you know, we're just looking, we're bringing ideas to the table, and we're also listening and hearing theirs, and trying our best to uh, to to help in the situation that we're in. So, yeah, I think for me that's one of the special things about the uh, the aviation industry that, uh, in some respects, is quite a small world uh, as opposed to different sectors. You you guys really talk to each other, and the the sort of area between customer. And a supplier perhaps is 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 always a little bit grayer because you you t- you speak to each other and you you're all in it uh, together. I guess you know you want to make these improvements. It's not a an us and them situation, which I think is really special. Um, so for you, Richard, where do you see the room for improvement? You know, from off the back of all these conversations, which sounds so positive, where where should we be looking to make improvements uh, when it comes to IT solutions? Yeah, so I think there's there's two areas that I thought about that I think. Uh, are probably uh, it's IT solutions in some ways, but it's uh, for a lot of a lot of this it's business uh, business decisions. So uh, this applies to you know IT solutions and software as well as to other parts of the airport design and, air, and baggage system design. But when when projects are initiated, uh, a lot of times uh, in many many cases there is a a very cost uh, a clear cost uh, ceiling, right? So you'd you have a constraint on your design. Okay, so what what can you put into that design when you're building that new system or replacing that old system? And that capital expenditure at the start uh, does put constraints on you, and it sometimes ignores or doesn't take into, clearly into account the operational aspects of uh, how systems are going to work. So if you take an example of uh, you put in systems, if you could add uh, at the start uh, some sensors that would be able to provide you some extra data that could be used during an operational lifetime of this airport. So uh, the system is there. It's going to be running for 10, 20 years. Uh, but I couldn't put them in at the start because we, we had to keep the cost inside this parameter but it, 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 at a certain limit. But you had the, I think that's some of those things are missed opportunities. And there's a lot, there are, there's a lot of good conversations happening. Around you know uh, with many airports about okay let's think total cost of ownership and what's this going to look like uh, not just on the initial contract but during the service lifetime and that's one opportunity I think you know the industry needs to 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 can go to and it is doing it in pockets but it's not uh, it's not everywhere so I think the airports themselves get frustrated by it uh, and then the operations team. Are talking to uh, you know the the project team and going okay you, you need to look out for us as well right and we'll 
help uh, overall will save you a lot of money in the long term. So I think that's one area that uh, uh, can be looked at. And so therefore, anything you provide, uh, say, from a what looks like an enhanced IT system or a, or a hooks for future uh, benefits from software or software slash hardware improvements, can you bake them in at the start so that they're available from day one for the operations team? I think that's one area. Uh, and then uh, I think another one, room for improvement. I think there there is also this, you know, if you think of uh, Bananda as a company, we're, we're a large company that's, that has a lot of experience globally in this uh, in the airports space. So, you know, innovations we do globally, we obviously can bring to our, our customers. So uh, part of what, I, what I've seen and with many sort of conversations recently is, the sort of speed of innovation uh, that uh, is brought into the airports business. So in some ways it, 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 it lags. Uh, some of that is around, we need to have confidence, complete confidence in the systems and going bleeding edge can be tough in certain environments and for certain customers. So uh, helping with, you know, that uh, being able to introduce the innovation in a safe way, in a, in a, a, a way that, you know, they can, you know, Companies can take advantage of, you know, companies like Vandalanda say, we have this innovation, we can bring it to you. Does it make sense for your operation? And that speed of, and that innovation uh, introduction, I think, is, a, is also another way we can improve uh, the long-term uh, you know, capabilities of airports and, and airlines. And that's interesting. Um, just touched on cooperation there. Um, I guess as a, as a global company, you – uh, have a lot of customers all over the world. That, that's obvious. But um, do you look for innovation partners? Is there a certain type of airport that you like to work with who really wants to really wants to get on board and, and help you guys with that speed of innovation? So, yeah, is there a type of airport you think? Oh, great, they're willing to try it. They want to be, uh, yeah, you know, first timers in this. Uh, what, what's your perspective on that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's uh, exactly uh, what we like to do and want to do, and think is can be very beneficial. And uh, you know, if anyone's if anyone's listening and they want to, just call me, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> Good work, Richard. <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Uh, so yeah, so uh, and yeah, so first of all, we obviously invest a lot of uh, money in R and D and developing products. Now, there's no point in us developing a product we just dreamt up ourselves if we don't believe there's a real application and a customer need for it so we absolutely are uh, have active conversations with many customers and and will and welcome many more because we need that uh, we need that input and we need that that uh, what what are their needs or what benefits are they looking for and then that sort of uh, speaks to solutions we could develop so uh, having a partnership with customer that that's that's uh, influences our roadmap our r&d uh, spend effectively is really beneficial because then at the end we've developed something that is actually needed by uh, customers. The customers are getting the benefit of of our uh, you know, our investment in that. Uh, so yeah, we we really and we have some really good partner customers who are very active in, in that area. And uh, so yeah, no, that's that's really key. It's one of those key principles we 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 sort of uh, guide ourselves by. If you're not, you know, you listen to the customers and what their needs are, and then if you can partner, uh, even better. Some we do some co-development, we do development, you know, on our own uh, for things. Uh, but those, those co-development uh, activities are usually the most rewarding for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess it's that classic example of um, listening to what the market needs rather than uh, telling the market what it needs. Um, 
So in terms of throwing the net a little bit further ahead, um, what's your opinion on sort of future-proofing operations? What Obviously, this year has been you know extraordinary in terms of what's happened. And I guess a lot of airports are uh, sort of racing to catch up in, in some ways. And obviously, the, the next thing once they have caught up is thinking a few years ahead, what if this happens again? So so how can an airport uh, future-proof itself? And, and is there any crossover with digitization on that front? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that's a good question. And uh, I, I think the, the current environment is it's so special and so unusual uh, that you now we're going to we're all going to learn a, a whole lot from this uh, that we can apply and should apply uh, for you know, future events or similar events. But it's it's uh, it is it, it it definitely doesn't uh, help with you know th- that long term thinking, right? There's a, there's definitely a, a time period now we all need to get through and help whatever way is possible to just get the the industry back uh, uh, on track. And that's happening. It is happening, and it's going to. It's going to take some time, but to the future side of things, yeah, there is. You know, uh, we have this whole thing about it's, and it's sort of uh, been said many times. But uh, there is data, and there's information, right? I mean, how do you convert uh, the data into information? And that's where the digitalization and some of the IT solutions can, for sure, help. So. Uh, I know the term artificial intelligence is very interesting in some ways, but I also like the term of actual intelligence, right? And uh, and that's to me that's taking uh, the knowledge and experience of people who are running airport systems and have you know intimate knowledge of you know how does that thing sound when it's going crazy? How is it doing? You know, people have uh, you know, uh, I think you have to give them enough credit, uh, more credit for. Uh, what they know about how to operate uh, well and effectively, and I think some of that in, that can be captured and that knowledge should be captured. And I think it's that through digitization, you can, you know, like I said, add sensors. You can have enhanced analytics. You you can be taking information in so that it's spread and given to the right people at the right time to help improve performance. Things like that, uh, the, you know, the ability of a large data capture uh, on a performance of a system. So you can then take it to a process engineer, a, 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 an airport specialist who can then look at that and make recommendations. I mean, there is a lot of different, uh, I think, uh, very good uh, opportunities there. So, I mean, that's really around the getting data, you know, analyzing it, turning it into actionable uh, information, uh, or recommendations and in some you know in in the more advanced uh, situations you know making automatic decisions in some cases on i need to do this now because these two circumstances have happened i need to as i said in an earlier example i need to open another screening lane because we've had a deluge of check-ins uh, that has now peaked and it will in five minutes ten minutes have a knock-on effect so yeah there's a there is a from that and i think that is the category of digitalization and you're you're taking like that example of the noise of a motor for example you're taking an analog audio uh, cue of performance of a system so you hear the rattle in your car engine and you go okay this is probably not good i might want to check it out right uh taking that into a digital form and making that same assessment with an, with some uh, uh d- decisions i mean that's that's a, that's a, a very good uh, way of using that information uh, and I think there's a lot more of that happening. And it sort of comes back a bit to my total cost of ownership uh, uh, answer earlier. 
that is something that it's hard to get in initially on some systems and it, it gets seen as a secondary thing to do later on as an improvement. There is an opportunity to actually f- feed those into the systems earlier so you get the benefits earlier. So yeah, I know there's a, and, and I think that the future proofing part of the operation is around, yeah, if you have that connectivity, that connectivity hub, if you want to call it, where you can now connect in when someone invents a new algorithm, when someone adds a new uh, autonomous parking robot system, its information can get brought into that uh, connectivity hub uh, and then used in some uh, collaborative way to make some uh, some decisions. Yeah, and is that uh, as a company is, is that your sort of main target or priority at the moment that that end to end that that connectivity between all the different uh, touch points and stakeholders, or are there other things that you're you're looking at at the current time? Yeah, yeah, I mean that is that is definitely one, but there are some, uh, uh, and it's I think it I think it has a lot of uh, potential benefit, but there are also uh, simpler things right that we that we can and should do. So there's. The future and all of the, the I, I am a technologist. I love my technology. So for sure, uh, I'm always, I think we should always be inventing lovely, exciting things. Uh, but there is also uh, the practical uh, thing. There's, there are just simple things that you uh, could and should do as well that can also help. So, uh, you know, a simple thing that's multiplied a thousand times can also be very powerful. Uh, so I think you, we have to, you know, we, we have to look uh, in those areas as well. It's not, uh, uh, the bleeding edge is good, and it's there are things there that you need to be looking at. Uh, but you also say, okay, let's optimize what we see in front of us today, right? Now, what can we use? I mean, can we use the current tools we have in place? Uh, let's do that as well. Let's make sure we're we're using all of the current tech we have in its best way. Uh, and you know, even as uh, a simple uh, an example in my mind is, uh, you know, an airport is complex and there's a lot going on. But what do I care about if I'm uh, the, on the person who's fully responsible for it all? It's probably I want to see one green big light that everything is good. I don't have to worry. And I want to see an amber light going. Okay, maybe I should think. Maybe I should look at this. Uh, and red, I want to you know, action should have been taken. So there's a there's a there's a lot of different uh, ways of uh, you know t- you know using systems in you know, small ways, but also in big ways. Yeah, it's a sort of a. Long, I'm not sure if that's a a good answer, but it's a no, no, no problem, Rich. I think that just goes to show that there are a lot of things to consider. I think when it comes to yeah. uh, IT solutions at airport, and uh, I think also that what I just gleaned from your response there was that um, you can have a dot on the horizon, but I I, I think in IT solutions you you're probably never going to get there because of the. The, the rate of innovation and the new things and the new threats that that come around you, you're always kind of reaching for the next step. I think, so, which is which is a fun challenge in itself, I guess. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's the that's the innovation partnership aspect you can do. So, yeah, let's. I, I need to do operational excellence today with what I have, uh, and I need to be able to look at that future innovations that are coming and say what makes sense for me to apply how does that how does that going to help uh, my situation in my airport uh, in my in 5 years and in 10 years so yeah absolutely you need to be looking at, at both sides and we touched on uh, physical threats obviously we we know we're fully aware of covid-19 um but what's your perspective on uh, an unseen threat which is i guess you might want to call cyber security what, what's your perspective on on that and what can airports do to um you know keep the keep those threats at, uh, at bay 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, Vanderland itself as a company, I mean, this is one of the things, if you think of in, in our internal systems, we, you know, we spend a lot of time, uh, of course, making sure our own systems for our own, you know, uh, offices are, are secure. So there is, there is a, so we clearly understand, you know, what it takes to, you know, uh, secure a, a global system, uh, of IT system. And we depend on those as well. And I think in, in, uh, for our, for airports and, uh, the airport business and and the various different businesses that are in airports. Uh, so there are there are absolutely uh, really good, clear design security guidelines out there. There are things that there are blueprints you can follow. Uh, there are uh, strategies. There is a there is a lot that actually has been defined by various standards committees that are actually very very good. They are not always easy to implement because uh, there is a there is a constant constant threat uh, and it sounds so not, not to be alarmist but there are there are uh, bad uh, agents out there and there are bad uh, there are people who are trying uh, constantly to break into systems uh, out of curiosity or out of uh, wanting to do harm uh, and when you come when it comes to IT systems there are there are, I think there are different levels uh, but if your IT system is brought down and you have hard disks wiped, for example, your operation can be out for minutes, hours, days, weeks, minutes. It can have a huge impact on your business. So uh, there is a, it's an active. There is a, there is a, a lot going on in it. You do need to keep up with it, and you need to. There needs to be a right security partner that you're working with. Uh, I think it's. It's around planning for situations, assuming they will happen, uh, and being aware. You know, what are your contingency plans? How am I going to recover? Uh, you know, am I keeping my systems up to date? So there's a regime of you can make it uh, much harder for someone uh, to attack your systems digitally by keeping up with good practices, uh, all a lot of which are out there and, and documented, uh, and then keeping up with. Uh, you know, in the, you know, current events on those things. And that's, there's a technical side of that security, of course. And then there's the people side, uh, and the social, the social aspects of security where, you know, someone is trying to get to, a, into a system through somebody's, you know, by social engineering. So you have to be aware of that as well. So you can secure systems, uh, but you also have to have training for your people and make them aware and, you know, make sure that they know, uh, uh, what a phishing email is, and you know, uh, don't don't send send that money to that uh, to that website. You know, so there's there's a few aspects to, to it, and it's yeah, absolutely uh, you know, it's 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 a big concern. And anyone who's a CIO in an airport is is thinking about this on a on a on a minute to minute basis. And uh, but there are really good blueprints for designing these things. And then it's always, I think, the most critical thing is keeping as much up to date on what's happening now and and uh keeping your systems uh secure with the latest uh proven uh, sort of patching uh you know uh, processes and then also your people making them aware and making sure that they sort of uh, are following good practices yeah and i think what's uh, good to hear from you there richard is that um you're clearly being very proactive i think that is the uh, the bottom line when it comes to the IT solutions we've already discussed in in terms of the wider field, uh, active, always staying ahead, and and certainly when it comes to cybersecurity, uh, proactivity, staying involved, speaking to the right people, and always uh, staying up to date with your own know how, um, uh, very critical as you just said. Yeah, no, and it's a, and it, it's not a it's not a pleasant thing to have to deal with. And uh, I just finished reading a book, Sandworm, which was about 
industrial control systems and some of the attempts to uh, hack into those as well. So you got to think of it from an IT system as you know any digital uh, connectivity you may have in your in your whole airport, even down to that uh, piece of tech that is controlling uh, a motor in, uh, on a conveyor belt. You know if it has some intelligence to it and it's connected in the wrong way, you can be exposed. So you need to you know think of I think very much top to bottom uh, approach and. There is software and there's a computer chip in so many things these days, right? We, you know, if you look around your desk or get into your car, there's, you know, there's, there's hundreds of uh, various processors and software running everywhere, and they are, uh, you know, uh, and that's usually you have to think in that in that way about it. And uh, uh, and once if you do that and you uh, again use best practices, you know, you can significantly reduce your risk. So we've had a lot of uh, food for thought on today's episode, Richard, uh, and thanks for that. So I think what would be a great way to close is if you're able to uh, maybe summarize those points, but potentially offer a prediction for the the future of the market, in particular in relation to to software and digitization, where do you see being maybe the ideal scenario or where do you expect the market to go perhaps in in a few a few years' time from now? Yeah, future predictions are always uh, <laughs> incredibly dangerous. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, so I think from the conversations we're we're seeing, there is a there is a lot uh, going on in the space of you know predictive, you know, so predictive uh, analytics or predictive uh, collaborative decision making type of systems where you're trying to uh, avoid that issue. So I talked earlier about recovery and being able to recover IT systems and your and your operational systems. Uh, of course, in the ideal world, if you can predict them and avoid them, uh, that's even better. So they, it never happens, uh, and no one sees any blips. So there is a lot. Uh, there's a lot going on in that uh, area at the moment, and I think that's go- that's definitely going to grow. Uh, now it's out of you know it's going to need. Uh, it can be very expensive to you know put sensors on every drive in your airport. So ways you know using uh more of the sort of ai and machine learning uh on top of uh, sampling and using again back to mathematics and statistics there are ways of i think that are people are starting to do of uh modeling uh systems so you can use less uh to predict more behavior of the of the system and use less sensors maybe to say i can predict my system is going to be acting like this uh in in two years time so therefore i should do something so that predictive analysis and taking that data and using those predictive uh, forms of uh, algorithms and methodologies is a lot of conversation about that uh right now uh there is a lot of uh conversations about <clears throat> around connecting uh the passenger with information from start to finish so if you if you think of uh, the passenger journey from end to end. So <clears throat> I decide to book something, information is captured. I now get in, I take my bags. So bags are, of course, our, you know, our, our, our first joy, right? Our bags in some ways, right? From Vandalanda's perspective. So you take that bag, you pack it, you're going to, you know, do I want to carry it? You know, if I have access to you know, the remote baggage pickup and a way of tracking that uh, securely, I can have someone come and pick up my bag and bring it to the airport for me. I go there unencumbered to buy baggage. Uh, when I get to the other end, it's delivered to where my wherever it is, my hotel, my home. And having you know, there, are, there are more enhanced systems being uh, developed for that end-to-end baggage handling. And that's, I think, another area. And that also actually helps with, if you think about it, crowding at airports and social distancing. So it has a few different effects. Uh, so uh, looking out, I think the, in the future, you're looking 
not just at the airport building and premises itself. It's that full passenger journey and how can technology and software uh, bring visibility to that and bring comfort to that and bring ease to that journey. That's another area that's happening, uh, uh, a lot of work going on. And yeah, so uh, on another area that uh, that's uh, there's a lot of activity in and a lot of uh, uh, work be done on is around autonomous um, vehicles or autonomous systems. And you know, when you think of the you know the some of the work in in an airport can be relatively backbreaking, and you know, you know if you have to. Uh, have people moving things around in, in the last minute. I mean, if you can bring some automation to that, and uh, whether it's robotics, autonomous vehicles, tugs, uh, whatever, you know, there's there's, there's a lot of different uh, uh, areas being investigated uh, around that. Uh, again, you hear stuff from you know uh, out on the uh, the roads of you know taxis and various things being uh, attempts to make them uh, autonomous. That is also happening uh, in and being looked at in the airports as well. Uh, it's never going to, you know, obviously uh, fully replace uh, people because uh, there is, you know, people can do things uh, in a lot more flexible ways than, uh, than full autonomy. But uh, it's uh, it's it's getting a lot of focus at the moment, and there is some good promise there. Well, it looks as though we've uh, run out of time here on checking today, uh, which just gives me a chance to say a huge thank you to our guest, uh, Richard Smith. Richard, it's been a pleasure uh, talking to you today. No, thank you. It's uh, been very good. I mean, it's uh, it's a, a topic that I'm I'm very passionate about, and I think it's a uh, it's been a, a lot of uh, a lot of amazing things happening, and I think there's a uh, great opportunities with our customers and our company to to do even more in the future. So, no, I'm very very glad to have uh, had the opportunity to uh, share some thoughts. Thank you. So thanks for checking in with us today and thanks once again to our guest, Richard Smith. In the next episode of Check In, I'll be joined by Ad Rutten to see how end-to-end thinking results in a bag process continually in tune with the demands of an airport and how it can help them to optimise their resources. Until next time, thanks for listening and join us again soon. Goodbye.